Entering Social. My name is Courtney Sandora, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Go Social, or you can visit our website at goforthbesocial.com. As we celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month, today we are joined by Jackie Zykan, master blender and partner in Hidden Barn Whiskey and the owner of the whiskey-based fragrance brand Odoo Oak. Jackie is known for having one of the most respected palates in American whiskey. Most recently, she served as master taster for Old Forester, where she came to develop her hallmark style of blending and descriptive analysis. As a professional blender, Jackie's approach to blending looks a lot like her approach to life, focused on balance, structure, and celebrating unique nuances. Jackie brings more than 16 years of beverage alcohol industry experience with degrees in biology and chemistry and experience in multi-concept beverage directorship, cocktail strategy, category education, product development, perfumery based in bourbon, and global marketing. Her career has taken her to nearly every corner of the world of American whiskey giving her perspective and capability that few can match. Welcome, Jackie. We're so excited to have you on today's podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I need to shorten my bio because you're reading it. I'm like, oh my God, this is a lot of stuff. No, it's exciting. Like, wow. You've got a great story and it all it all weaves together. So we're here today to kind of learn more about you and 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 what has transpired over the last couple of years and through your career and what brought you here. So um, as we kick off this podcast, we'd love, um, I know we just kind of walked through kind of like high level of what you've done in the last couple of years, um, but really would love to know more about yourself and, and, and where you found that passion for whiskey that brought you to the career that you're in now. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting thing. And especially, you know, you get to a certain point and people start asking you these questions of like, well, how do I get your job? Or like my brother or sister wants to do this and what, what, where should they go to school? What should they study? What should they do? And every single time I'm like, listen, I didn't grow up going one day I'm going to work in whiskey. Um, at all, you know, I just said yes to opportunities that felt right along the way. And I kind of ended up where I am. Um, that sounds very like lazy, I guess when I say it out loud, but it's really true. Um, the industry is an interesting one, right? And it is still a pretty small industry. So there's not like a million positions such as mine out there. Um, and yeah, of course, like educate yourself and like do all of those things, but it, what's the point if you don't enjoy it, right? I think that we all end up exactly where we're supposed to be if we just listen to exactly what is right for us, as opposed to I should, I shouldn't, I need, I need not, and all these strange guidelines. So following this sort of compass of let me let me just do the things that sit well and with my gut, you know, and things that like feel right and see where that leads us. And then you become a whiskey blender, perfumer person that just like runs and hikes and mountains. Like that's my life, like in a nutshell <laughs> right there. It's so but strange. I, I read somewhere <laughs> that you have a very, you, you were born with a very sensitive palate. How did mm. that um, kind of inspire you to get to 
become a master taster and then you know through your education or training how did you become the master blender like what what did you need to to really equip yourself with the skills to be able to do that role yeah so there's two different parts to palate sensitivity there is the physical element of how many taste buds were you born with in the first place right and as we age they don't regenerate just like any other cell in our body they don't regenerate as efficiently over the course of time and you're going to end up having less taste buds at the end of the road than you did when you started. Um, so the older we get, the less sensitivity we have. That's just part of it. There's this whole idea also women have more sensitive palates than men. There's an evolutionary adaptation that serves that really, really well. It's not um, every single woman can taste things more sensitively than any man out there on earth. But in general, um, it is likely more so than not, that women have more taste buds. Now, that's great. That makes a sensitive palate, but it doesn't help you to articulate. It doesn't help you to put blends together. It doesn't help any of that stuff. That's just goes, oh, I'm a picky eater. Probably been a picky eater my whole life. And certain things are very pungent to me that might not be pungent to other people. Um, so that's half of the equation. The other part is locking in that sensory bank. And this is actually how I came to start playing around with perfumery was just through practice of looking into any nook and cranny of the sensory industry, if you will. I don't know if that even makes sense. Um, the fragrance industry in particular, finding all these isolates, trying to figure out what families of chemical compounds they are part of, how they're going to interact with others, how you can manipulate them throughout the process of whiskey distillation and maturation and all of that and put it together. Um, that led me down this path of going, oh, there's a whole bunch of different compounds out there that have beautiful aromatic qualities to them, but I have never experienced them isolated on their own. So if you've never smelled cinnamon, let's just go simple here, right? You're never going to pick up a glass of whiskey and go, mm, I smell cinnamon because you haven't registered it in your mind of this is what cinnamon smells like, correct? So you have to practice this. You have to expose yourself to so many things. You have to smell and taste as many things as possible to lock in your brain, this is what that note is in order to get into a glass that's got hundreds of different compounds going on and go, okay, what's going on in here? So that you're not just stuck at that, well, it smells like whiskey, right? And we're going to start with that. Um, vanilla is always what I call the free space on the bingo card of whiskey sensory. Like it's always going to be there. So when in doubt, just say, you got a lot of vanilla, sure. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, like, so there's that, I, I knew that I was sensitive to smells and different flavors and no one, I guess I didn't grow up in a world where it was like, what do I do with that? How do I make a career out of that? Right? Like it wasn't really an option. You can go to like the high school guidance counselor and go, I'm a picky eater. What do I do with that? Right. <laughs> um, so it's interesting, but over the course of just like trying to increase my sensory bank is kind of how I branched out into different realms of this and leverage that skill set in different ways. Um, it's been a really weird path, not going to lie, but it's been a fun one for sure. Wouldn't trade it for anything. I always feel like it's never a straight line when you're, when no. you've got all these different um, passions and, and mm -hmm. experiences. So um, you know, kind of walk me through, you mentioned um, the sensory analysis. And so you were at Old Forester, you were the mm -hmm. master taster at Old Forester. And uh, while you were there, you developed this hallmark style of blending and sensory analysis. What Walk us through what that was and, and how you came about to find that. 
Well, I think that everybody has a different approach to piecing things together, right? Some people paint with brushes and some use their fingers. And like, it's just a different way of like taking a picture. Um, the way that I always approach things though, I have, obviously I prefer things that are a little bit less spicy, a little bit less tannic. Things that are a little bit sweeter because I have a weirdly sensitive palette. I guess I'm going to call it that. Um, but that's not always what's applicable to what the product needs to be. You have to kind of remove yourself. It's in the same way that an interior designer might like hate the color purple, but like you've got a client and that's all they want. And so you got to find a way to make it work. But underneath all of that, there's always this core quality of balance and um, accessibility and just human connection and emotion that comes with it. And I think that that's really been what I've brought to the industry in general. Um, and that's kind of where I lead from. I always lead from a place of balance, no matter what, when it comes to putting these blends together anymore, now that I've left BF, um, and I take on a lot of independent consulting projects, one could be, oh, we want to make this whiskey that tastes like, uh, my grandma's cookies, or we want to make this whiskey that ends up tasting mostly like dill pickles, or we want to make this one or this one or this one. And like, how do we get there? How do we get those flavors out of just whiskey in general? And so I can sit there all day long and put together something that tastes like pickles or cookies or whatever. But if it's not structurally balanced, if it's not going to hold up to dilution, if it's not going to have those other components there, um, then really it's kind of novelty and what's the point. So the way that I approach everything is to sort of take what you've got to work with, test drive every single car on that lot, and then figure out who can we put together to make the most fascinating parade for people to watch, right? Like think of it that right. way. Um, so it's a little bit different. I think some people take it in a very, like A plus B is going to give you C or you need a little bit of spice and a little bit of sweet and a little bit of this. But the way that I've always approached it is get your foundation, right? Get your balance, right? Get your structure, right? But then throw in a little bit of like a, oh, that's an interesting curveball just to get the conversation rolling. I failed if I've put anything together, whiskey, fragrance, food, doesn't matter that somebody just goes, it's good. And then the conversation ends, right? Like, what's the what's the point? Like, oh, cool, you drew a picture of a house. It looks like a house. I registered that as being a house. Now we can move on. It needs to be, oh, there's a picture of a house. But that window is a little off. But it's not in a bad way. But why? And like, that's, that's the art of it, right? Is to give it an expectation, make it super high quality, but then also trigger a conversation afterwards. So I don't know. I probably just went on a weird random tangent rabbit hole there. That no, that's really lot. interesting. And and I love the analogies because I think that, you know, our listeners definitely are all coming from different paths in life and to be able to think of it in context that, like you said, the interior designer or so forth, I think that really brings whiskey into a more um, approachable place for a lot of consumers mm -hmm. and our listeners. As far as like the, obviously you've been doing so many different blends. Is there one that you're most proud of and and why? Mm, I've done a lot that I haven't been public about doing <laughs> because I don't know like there's only so many things you can like put your face and name on right before you dilute your own equity um but there's been some that have been more of challenge than others that's for sure but I I never complete a project until I feel like that's the absolute best that I possibly could have done with it so to be more proud or less proud of one thing or another it doesn't really why, I guess, um, 
that kind of scapegoated throughout that question. No, that's, but, it, 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 um, so basically it is, every product out there, we're really proud of. So that's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No. Yeah, now I'm trying to think like the opposite. I'm like, has there been one that I'm like, oh shit. But like, I, I don't think that's the case. No, like I, I get obsessive about it until it's right. And then it can be released into the world. And we move on to the next thing. How long is the process that you kind of start mm-hmm. to finish? Mm. It depends. It depends on the goals of the project. It depends on the volume. It depends on if they need me to find all the liquid for them or if they already have it and they're like, help fix this. Like, so it, it really is all over the place. It can take anywhere from a month to two years to put things together. It just kind of depends on the scope. Right. But that keeps it interesting, right? No, Never it definitely adult. does. Definitely does. <laughs> um, so what motivated you to move from your role at Old Forester and become the master blender and partner in Hidden Barn Whiskey? So I was just looking for a change anyways. The direction that my development was going wasn't necessarily conducive to the template that was available uh, where I was. And that's great. I've learned a lot of things there and like have no ill feelings about any of my experience with Brown Foreman. Um, It's been pivotal, really. But it was time for me to focus on doing something a little bit differently and with a little bit more agency. Um, So... I don't know. It was just the time was right. I had actually like tinkered around and explored a couple of other options that in my mind, ultimately, I figured this is just going to be like, this is just going to be more of the same and it's going to keep running in the same things. So I went total extreme and went full startup with three people um, and just on the common denominator that we all really just enjoyed the experience of whiskey, of sharing whiskey, of talking about it. It's not so much like, can we make the most expensive? Can we make the weirdest? Can we, you know, design the craziest bottle? Like none of that mattered at all. It was, here's a brand where the product needs to inspire the conversation, right? It needs to just be an accessory to a moment that you share with another human being. And so that connection point to it was like, okay, let's, let's do this. This is where we're going to go. And I've, it's been great. I've, had a lot of like authority to lead the creative process and kind of do whatever I want with it. Um, I'm at the mercy of what's out there in the market, right. To play with for sure. But that's just kind of part of the job when you work post maturation, as opposed to pre maturation, you're kind of just like, okay, here's what we got to play with. Um, But it's been fun. It's been a totally different side of the spectrum. And I've learned a lot of stuff that I probably otherwise wouldn't have if I had stayed in such a secure environment, to put it that way. But yeah, Um, and but we're just getting started. You know, I, I I don't know. You never know. I got all kinds of tricks up my sleeve. No, that's awesome. (laughs) We'd love to. I mean, I, I definitely think that change inspires us to to think differently about what our vision is for the future and and inspires us to also be more creative with what the process is and it opens up different um skill sets that we may not have already known about or something that we want to tap into a little bit more uh so definitely really exciting as far as the hidden barn whiskey releases um, that are currently available can you share um, with our listeners where they can find uh, some of these releases? Definitely. So Hidden Barn is currently distributed in Kentucky, Colorado, Missouri, Louisiana, um, and I'm forgetting one, Nevada. That's right. 
but you can also get it online at sealbox.com. Um, we are about to do some work with reserve bars. So that opens up another option as well. You may be seeing us move into California shortly. Uh, just throwing that out there in small doses, it's a big state. Um, but other than that, yeah, any, any where to find questions, the Hidden Barn website does have all that information on there, but it is small releases. I cannot emphasize that enough. The industry doesn't have a standardized definition for small batch. Um, it could be 5,000 barrels at one place. It could be five barrels at another. Small batch for Hidden Barn is less than 22 barrels. So when we put these together and spread them out across multiple states, like there's not a lot that hits the market. So just be sure to keep an eye out if you're interested in trying it. Um, but yeah, it's out there. It's floating around. We're about to release our next batch of series one and of series two. Um, they're about to get loaded on the truck. So there's more coming for fall, which is great. Fantastic. Now you also started a fragrance company, Odo Oak. Uh, what inspired you to, to start this company and I know you talked a little bit about perfumery earlier, but how do you feel your experience as a master blender really lends itself to perfumery? So it's interesting because the whole perfumery thing was all a means to an end of fine tuning my sensory bank um, as it related to whiskey. But then you just, I don't know, there's always these moments when we had barrel selections in the warehouse uh, down in Shively. People would walk in and they'd go, oh God, it's just the smell and like, oh, I wish I could just bottle that smell and wear it. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's just whiskey. Like no one's stopping you from splashing whiskey on yourself. And it's moments like that that just trigger a little like, hmm, in your brain. And then I go to pick my kid up from school and I legit am soaked in bourbon from pulling barrel samples all day. And I'm like, I'm not drunk, but they probably are like Bennett's mom. You know, it's Tuesday. <laughs> What's happening here? Like what? Um, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to me because as a spirit in and of itself, it is so beautiful, um, flavor wise, but also aromatically. And there's so much going on and it's all those feel good, cozy notes, you know, things that remind you of Christmas or desserts or things of that sort. And it's not like, oh, this one's got a hint of skunk. Like that's not supposed to be there. Like that's not part of the bourbon story or, you know, there's other spirit categories out there that have very significant aromatics to them that aren't always like pleasant and isolated form, but not bourbon. So I started tinkering with it and actually taking all these different moments wherein I had been drinking bourbon and capturing all the other little elements of that memory in sensory form in a bottle. And so with the Odoo blends, they're all inspired by a different experience I had when, yeah, I was drinking bourbon, whether a little or a lot, it doesn't really matter. But then there's also, okay, this person was there and they were wearing this certain fragrance that reminds me of this, or this is where we had dinner, or this was the season, or this was the environment we were in and pull in all sorts of different notes of different plants that were around or just different parts of the experience and trap it in that tiny little bottle. Um, so if you go and get a bottle and you spray it, you're not going to spray it and be like, this smells like that day Jackie went to hike in Utah. You know what I mean? You're not going to have that experience, but it was my way of sort of like honoring that and capturing it and then sharing it. Hopefully it triggers something positive for someone else of like, oh, this reminds me of dot, dot, dot. That's the moment I want to get to with everybody. If it can trigger memories and like inspire those thoughts. 
sometimes it's things that we haven't tapped into in a long, long time, but it's fun to revisit. It can be really nostalgic sometimes. Um, but I'm, I'm fully aware, like I can put my own shenanigans on the side of that box and like have it be inspired by moments in my life, but you're never going to have that same, you know, association because it wasn't you that went through it. Uh, but that's my way of just like transmuting some life lessons that have been acquired over the years for sure. I'll put them in a safe place. I'll put them in a smell good. Right. <laughs> so the that's inspiration funny. for the naming of the, the different scents came from mm -hmm. these moments in time, these memories of yours. Yeah. Uh, do you want to share a couple of the the different scents that you're most uh, proud of? I'm, again, oh my God, I'm so proud of all of them. I I know which ones I wear on a more regular basis and that depends on the season. Um, But like, I don't know, it's silly. Like things like Walk of Shame is a pretty obvious one, right? Um, And that, that blend, yeah, if you smell it, you're like, oh, it smells like, a fragrance. Oh, I can kind of smell whiskey in it. So I'm going to smell vanilla and I'm going to smell all these other things. But the walk of shame moment, <laughs> it's, I can't believe I'm going down the rabbit hole with this one, but I will. There is a certain way that your perfume smells on your skin the day after you spent a night drinking whiskey. And it is super settled in and it's a little bit softer. And there's that incorporation of the smell of like, not to be gross, but like dirty hair or like just, you know what I mean? It's not like fresh and bright and clean and crispy. Like it's not like that. Um, there's like a little remnant on your shirt of like cigarette smoke from whether you or someone else next to you. There's like the smell of like a leather purse. There's like this, there's so much involved in this like anxiety ridden morning after of like, oh my God, like that moment, that's what walk of shame smells like. So if you smell it, it's so interesting. I wore it as <laughs> a Trader Joe's the other day and the lady at the register goes, you smell like a Saturday night. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh-oh. And like, I had not been in the warehouse that day, but I did have walk of shame on. And she was like, yeah, you smell like, you smell kind of like whiskey, but I don't think you look drunk. And I was like, I'm not drunk. I was like here. And I gave her a little sample bottle of it. And I was like, this is what is it? She's cracking up. And she was like, yep. She's like, that's exactly what that smells like. That smells like, <laughs> If I picked up my shirt that I wore the night before and I went out to a bar, but it still had that fragrance that I wore the night before on, plus like all of the adventures from the evening, she's like, that's what it smells like. And I was like, sweet. Yeah, that's what it, it was. It's a story in a bottle. It's a story in a bottle. Exactly. And like, I don't know, it takes it takes time to develop a scent that way where you're like, okay, this needs to smell like it's not being put on right now. Right. Like right. think of it in those terms. It's kind of interesting, but I don't know. That's just the expression of it. Um, they're all kind of different like that. Some of them are based off of like really bad dates. Some of them are based off of not really bad dates. Some of them are based off of, you know, outdoor adventures and some are based off of just like, like I said, you know, you learn everything from your life choices, whether they're poor life choices or positive life choices, but there's always something to take away from it. And so each one kind of celebrates those moments of growth and expansion from a personal level. I love it. Well, I think that's fantastic. And we all have those and they're all unique to us. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to, you know, know that this is your story, but how do they apply to our individual experiences and, and moments and, and uh, life stories that transform who we are. Right. So yeah. um, 
So, you know, it's a very unique marketing approach. And, and you know, one of the things here at Go Social that we th always are thinking about is social media. Uh, so as you're marketing a brand like Odo Oak or with Hidden Barn, um, you know, what is your favorite social media platform to really uh, create awareness and help grow your businesses? I lean more into Instagram than anything else, just because I don't spend a whole, 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 yeah, I guess I go on phases. I don't spend a whole lot of time dealing with social media, but um, it's, yeah, Instagram is usually my go-to um, for most things. And I don't do it well, but I can definitely tell you that anything you see on any of the sites of Instagram that my fingers are like posting things to, um, it's just incredibly authentic and genuine. Uh, there's no like forced or like curated anything to it. It's kind of, it's probably not the right way to go about it, but it's just this like dump of like idea diarrhea all the time. Um, but it's pure in that sense, right? Like it's, it's very on brand. If I myself am a personal brand, you're going to see it manifest through the way Hidden Barn is done, through how Odo Oak is done, through how any little project I'm involved with will have like a touch of Jackie personal brand to it. Um, what that is, I have no idea. I just know how to exist, how to wake up in the morning and like do the thing that I do. And however that ends up translating on the other side is, I guess, what that is. But um, yeah, I don't know. Instagram is has been it to answer. I just like went on a rant again. No, but, like, that's fantastic. And that's, was Instagram. you know, I was looking at your pages and I, I, I had a feeling it would be Instagram, but it's always nice to hear from, from you. Um, as far as the brand name, Odo Oak, how did you come across that or how did you develop that? So it's literally made using bourbon as a base. And with that, you're going to get all the contributions that Oak has to offer whiskey. Um, from an aromatic standpoint, let me be very clear. Do not drink Odo Oak, anybody. Like, just get yourself some regular whiskey if you're over 21 to do that. This is all my CYA statement, so <laughs> don't drink it. Um, but um, it's an Eau de Parfum. It's teetering on the line of just being straight up perfume uh, as far as, like, the fragrance oil concentration goes. Uh, but that's kind of the play on it is that this is that, but it's all oak-based. Um, so, oh, do oak. Love it. That's fantastic. So thinking, going back to, um, you know, women in whiskey and, and your role, how do you feel the spirit industry has really evolved over the years for women in whiskey? And I know that whiskey is a small, small club to be in. So mm -hmm. to break in and, and to make a, a name for yourself. How do you, how do you feel that the spirit industry has evolved with that? It's interesting because I never went. It, again, like I didn't try to be where I am. That sounds weird. I didn't try to show up here, but like, I just kind of, here I am. This is where my work brought me to this point. Um, so I didn't come into it with some sort of agenda of like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this for all the ladies out there. Like, and I do recognize though that I have a responsibility to that to a certain extent because it is a shift in the industry that has been a significant one that really affects the consumer experience of these products. And with something like bourbon, I mean, I don't take that very lightly. That's, you know, it's the flagship spirit of this entire country. Think of it that way, like no pressure, holy shit. <laughs> but 
I don't ever think of it as being a gender related thing. I have seen a lot more women that are highlighted and their roles highlighted over the course of the last decade being in this industry. I don't know if it's done authentically or I don't know if it's done because that's the trending thing to do. You know what I mean? So it's a tough call. Um, sometimes it can be kind of uncomfortable being a female in an industry that's male dominated when people just only want to talk about the fact that you're a female in an industry that's male dominated. And you're like, oh, but I also do a good job. I promise. Like, but like, why are we again talking about the fact that like I'm a lady? And I don't mean this like towards the question you asked, because it's just part of it. But I mean, it as far as like everybody wants to have you come to an event in March for women's history month or whatever the hell it is. And you're like, yeah, but like I work all year, like I'm here, you know, like why is it just going to get jammed into this corner or it's, hey, can you go and do this event with this like women in whiskey club? And it's like. You go do it because they're just humans. They're women, but they're humans. Like, go learn how to talk to women. Like, I'm sorry, it'll do you very well in life if you go and do that and stop sequestering it all. Just like girls talk to girls about whiskey that's made by girls and they have drinks that are girl drinks. It's just, you know, that's not equal. That's not at all. Like, you're just, it, that's, it's a totally different type of segregation going on. Um, I think we all just need to see each other as human beings, but I will be the first to admit that like, I'm very well aware my experience in this industry has been very different um, in good and bad ways because it's a male dominated industry and I'm a female, like just like swirling around in it. And there have been situations that I wouldn't have had to deal with otherwise and there've been benefits to it as well so it's all kind of a wash we're all just meeting in the middle somewhere at the end of the day but um it is a different experience i'm sure or maybe not sure maybe i'm assuming because i'll never be a dude in this industry so i don't know but like i can imagine it's a different experience I'm just grateful to have any of it at all though. So I don't really harp too much on like the woe is me. Like I got to work twice as hard and there's no margin of error and there's this. Okay. But that's what it is. So here we go. And we're going to get it done anyway. Right. So. Well, I know that um, when you get off the the plane in Louisville, uh, <laughs> there's a, a nice uh, image of you highlighted on the, on the wall. So I think that um, you've definitely made a mark for yourself um, in in the industry, um, women focused or not focused on females. I think yeah. that you're very inspiring, and and I think that there's also, you know, an opportunity for anyone, uh, male or female, to learn this trade in a different way and to see things mm -hmm. in a different way. So, you know, one of the things we love to do is also kind of share advice as far as like. If, if there was someone who was inspiring to be a master taster or a master blender, um, and they found that this is their path in, in their life, um, what, what would you say the best advice is for them to, to kind of really get started? Mm, there's a couple of things that I don't think people realize about the industry for sure, uh, before deciding they want to go further into it. And it's not a party it's not recreational for you anymore. You you have to trade that out. I think from the outside, a lot of people say, it's like, oh, you get, to, you get to drink whiskey for a living. You like go to events, like have fancy dinners, like cool. It's great. It's all part of it, but it's still a job. And you're the one person in the room that like has 
no obligation besides don't get drunk and be professional every second that you are there, right? Your face is associating a brand to this. Like you cannot, mm, no, you go to the grocery store, your kid's having a freak out. You got to think about like how I manage my child's meltdown in public right now is going to affect the image of a brand. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Um, so just, there's a lot of ways to get involved in whiskey that aren't public facing. There's plenty, you know, plenty and plenty of roles. Um, but I would just be very cognizant of the fact that like, it's, it's not a party and it's not recreational anymore. It's professional at that point. And it's just a totally different game. Um, granted there's a lot of benefits and it can be fun. Any job can be fun, but, um, just make sure that that's very clear in the mind before deciding like to go down this path with this idea of what it is. Um, other than that though, like don't, I highly discourage people getting into this industry if they're doing it because it's like the trendy thing to be a part of right now. Um, as I referenced earlier in this, if you, if it feels good and if it aligns with you and you like it and it's not a, I should be doing this, then go for it. And if it happens to be whiskey, wonderful. If it happens to be I don't know, growing green beans. Wonderful. Like, I don't know. It could be anything. But at the end of the day, no matter what, you have to make decisions. You have to make choices that are aligned with the best version of yourself that you want to bring through this go around. Um, otherwise, there's really no point. You're always going to end up getting spit out at some point in the in the journey. It's, you know, it's uh, it's tricky. But I don't know. So there's that. It's not a party. Uh, make sure you actually really like it. And outside of that, just don't be scared to rethink it. It's a dusty, old, historic industry. It really, really is. And a lot of brands approach things from a very better or worse, like conservative and risk averse standpoint because of that. It's a slow moving industry. It's a very relationship based industry. Um, it's not this like quick, like, tech startup mentality at all. It's going to take a minute. Don't let that frustrate you, but also like, just <laughs> don't be afraid to suggest alternate ways of doing things because big ships that take a while to turn and are hard to turn, they can still be turned. You just got to be persistent. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm doing it again. I do that. No, that was a great analogy. I will, I will yeah. talk for hours, girl. Like just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's the problem though. I, I cannot say it enough. Like I get so many people that will either reach out through Instagram sometimes, or it'll be in like the comments or be doing like a live something or be in an event and they'll be like, my daughter really looks up to you. And it'll be like a mom or a dad, either one that's like, you know, late middle age, like she's going to school for this. And you know, she's, she's really into whiskey and like, you can tell in their face that like, they are the ones really into mm -hmm. whiskey and like they, it triggers something in me where I'm like, don't force her to be in whiskey. Like, just don't like force her to like do things that make her feel, I don't know, challenged, but successful, but happy, but like content, like all of these things. Like, it's not about whiskey. It's not about anything it's just there's there's some core alignment that has to happen there and so who am I to sit here and be like you should do this and that and that because you know what happens if I do that if I say oh you need this certification you need to go study and get this degree and this you need to work at this place blah 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 
people will actually go and do that. And then I'm leading them down this path of like, well, Jackie said, this is how it works. And I'm only setting you up for disappointment if it's not the path that's for you anyway. And that's not for me to decide. Um, so I hate giving granular, like, here's the steps. Yeah. No, no that's, I think that's, that's fantastic advice for someone that may have an interest and in, to kind of do that soul search if this is yeah. the path for them. Uh, so that's fantastic. So what's next for you? Oh God. <laughs> that um, you can share if there is anything that I you know. can share. I can share. I don't know. I am. We're going to get through this holiday season with Odo Oak and hopefully there'll be stockings across America stuffed with little bottles that smell like whiskey. Um, as far as whiskey blending in and of itself, there's a lot of projects coming out that I can't really discuss any of them. Just know that like, there's always going to be something to see and taste and hear about. So um, there's a lot. And I think a lot more to be revealed in the next couple of months. But for right now, we're going to just enjoy bourbon season, right? And enjoy the holidays and finally get through summer. <laughs> it's been good. a hot one. Well, we'll have to bring you back on after some of these new announcements have been uh, made. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep you, keep you uh, posted um, for potential opportunities on the podcast in the future. Um, so we, we end things with a speed round. So kind of like just quick, quick answers here. Um, I'm not good at those, you know, you've heard me <laughs> ramble on. You're going to have to clip it. Oh God. Okay. I'm nervous. So they're, they're, they're fairly easy, but what is your go-to cocktail? An old fashioned on the, and then do you like on the rocks or neat usually? Um, if, if it's an old fashioned <laughs> if uh for a whiskey cocktail anyways it needs to be on the rocks with that it needs to have two dashes of angostura bitters a half an ounce of a two to one demerara syrup and then two ounces of 95 to 100 proof bourbon and it needs to have an orange just a little bit of oil sprayed i don't need a piece of fruit i don't need a snack i just need the smell and that's it perfect that was the next one garnish or no yeah. garnish um, you made it a little easy with the fashion because <laughs> we knew that that was going to be on the rocks and we knew it would be garnish. Um, is there a favorite spirit or brand of all time that you enjoy? Mm. There's a couple. Um, honestly, like I am a diehard Campari drinker, which is a very random thing to say, I guess. And this is like pre- the Negroni is the cool thing to order. Like, I don't know how many years ago that all started, but I love Campari, the company, the history of Campari. If you, anyone out there gets like into like hopeless romanticism, please do yourself a favor and look up the story of how Campari became a global brand. I'm not going to say any other details of it, but it is just, it will melt you. It will melt your heart and you'll be a Campari fan too. Um, a lot of people don't like it cause it's so bitter. I shouldn't like it cause it's bitter, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just near and dear to my heart. So I love, love, love Campari, just straight up Campari, Campari and soda. That's, That's it. Yeah. What about the top three qualities for spirits? Ooh. That's a really, I know I'm supposed to answer these quickly, but like, you're asking me that question and I'm like, well, are we talking like quality control? Are we talking consistency? Are we talking like flavor wise? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Well, you kind of just, it depends. You, you, you sort of did in an answer by highlighting the three things that you just mentioned. 
Okay. Quality, flavor, and um, I don't know what else to say about that because I think there's so many intangible, wonderful things with the spirits out there in the world. They're part of like a celebratory moment or something, you know, something I, I can't sit there and be like, oh, I really like things that remind me of good times. Like, eh, that's kind of odd. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Quality and flavor. And then the last one, dealer's choice. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. What about any brands you haven't tried that you would like to try? Mm, if I haven't tried it, but I know about it and I want to try it, I have tried it. Let's put it that way, right? Um, I love being caught off guard. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there in the world. Um, I love a surprise, but for the most part, I think if I've got my eyes on something, and this is spirits or anything else in life in general, like if I want to try it, I'll try it. That sounds really cocky, but like I work in alcohol, right? There like, of course. It's, it's just very there. accessible to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned earlier that um, by season, your fragrance choice may change. So during the upcoming season of fall, um, what's your Odo Oak scent that you're you're wearing? So there's one that I haven't released yet that I've been test driving quite a bit, but it's very like smoky woods kind of focused. Um, but a lot of those those notes also play in in the fall zone. Like love and whiskey is very like sweet baking spice kind of vibe. Uh, base camp has a lot of that like I go to Maine every like early fall just to like get away. And it really captures like just the smell and the peace and the calm that is that place. Um, but yeah. And then once it starts warming up again, you know, that it's like, okay, we need something lighter bodied, more citrusy, more floral forward, all that stuff. But when it comes to fall, it's the same thing. Like you see all the candles that pop up on the end caps at all the stores, like think that, but like, that's just what I'm going to wear. Like I want to be like wrapped in fall. Who doesn't? Right. Exactly. Like, that's no exactly. Shame. I love fall too. It's my favorite season as well. Well, that ends the podcast for today. And we are so excited, so glad that you joined us. And we appreciate all the insights that you provided us on um, master blending and master tasting. And we just look forward to seeing what, what you do next. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for the chance to ramble on and do all the things. But yeah, keep an eye out because there's all kinds of things happening. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us.